Hi there to all the listeners out there. Um, today I've got someone really, really inspiring, an extremely strong woman that I met um, a couple of weeks ago, actually online. Um, and we're going to be having a conversation today about overcoming adversity. And this lady that I'm chatting to today, she's a single mom with a 10-year-old son who has a very rare medical condition and he's had it since birth. And we actually connected on her Facebook page where she raises funds for her son's medical expenses. And it was, um, they had just moved house and I saw her post about how her son loves receiving messages in the post. And so my eight-year-old son wrote her son a message and a letter, sorry, and we posted it to him and that's how we got chatting. And as we were chatting, you know, I realized that this is someone who's been through a lot in life but has got an absolutely amazing energy about her and has overcome so many obstacles in life, yet has this positive outlook on life. And it just really inspired me. So I decided I had to have her on a podcast so that we could chat to her. And I'm joined today by Melissa, is it Botha? From yes. Johannesburg. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm it right. Um, so Melissa's joining me today and we're just going to have a, a little bit of a conversation um, around what she's been through and how she's overcome, you know, many obstacles in her life. So welcome, Melissa. It's so great to have you with us today. Thank you, Bronwyn. And with an intro like that, you're going to make me drizzle just now if you're not careful. <laughs> <laughs> and hello to all the listeners. It's uh, really such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for awesome. having me on. It's wonderful. Awesome. So Melissa, um, Tell us a little bit about you and what obstacles you have had to overcome over the past 10 years. Sure. Well, Aidan was, um, was born, actually he's just had his birthday this month, uh, September 17th. And um, being a first-time mom, um, I was involved in, in quite, a, quite a trying relationship with his father. Um, he's, uh, he's one of these uh, very controlling people, so I didn't want to have uh, many people around us at the time of the birth and all the rest. And, um, you know, there were issues that, that were challenging with Aiden, and I just thought that was normal. I didn't realize that anything was off because I had no one around me saying, sure, Melissa, this isn't right, or, you know, I think you need to look at that. And um, Aiden would sleep for uh, about 15 to 45 minutes spurts right throughout the night. Mm. And, um, you know, as a, as a new mom, we all know we're going to lack sleep. So I just thought, okay, well, this is normal. But this literally continued for five years. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he'd wake, he'd wake up every 15 to 45 minutes. I'd have to see to him, put him back to sleep. And um, right throughout the night, go back to sleep myself and um, start the whole process again. And eventually by two o'clock in the morning, you you know, how's it? Sorry, you're not going back to sleep again. You just can't. Um, besides that, um, he had severe feeding challenges. Um, he couldn't suck. So breastfeeding was out. Um, we tried desperately with a bottle. Um, he just, he, he just battled with everything. And um, one thing that got us uh, to the point of actually taking him to, to a specialist, um, his second toe next to his big toe was, um, it, it was standing upright. And my mom kept on saying to me, please take this to, please take him to, to the doctor because you don't want him to be at, at school going age and he can't wear shoes. 
So um, I, I tried with, the, with our pediatrician, who just dismissed me twice, actually. And uh, then she said to me, no, just, just take him directly to an orthopedic surgeon, and, uh, which is what we did. And um, this orthopedic surgeon was asking me all sorts of unrelated questions to his toe. I mean, what, what does feeding have to do with your toe, you know? Anyway, as it turned out, he, he looked at Aiden and saw what, what they termed dysmorphic features. And um, they were actually curious to see if he perhaps had a syndrome. And we were then referred to a pediatric neurologist. And um, from there, uh, sure, that's when all the testing began. We started in the November of 2010. By um, March 2011, we had we had a diagnosis of Costello syndrome, and um, you know we chatted before, and uh, I mentioned to you sometimes I can speak about his diagnosis with with a smile on my face, and other times I, I drizzle. <laughs> it just depends, mm -hmm. and. Um, it's uh, it was it was such a big shock to me. It it really was. I mean, we were kind of expecting something, but when we found out it was it was Costello syndrome, we'd already been through months and months of googling, you know, with all the the, the possible syndromes that it could be, being absolutely horrified, and um, you know, by the time we actually suspected Costello syndrome, I just decided, okay, I'm I'm not even looking. I'll wait till it's confirmed and then go into it. And um, he's got a, a thickened left ventricle heart, um, a, a wall in his heart. He, he had obviously um, orthopedic issues starting with, the, with his little toe. And by the time he actually was walking, he was walking on the inside of his ankles, basically. So we had to eventually have that um, surgically corrected. Um, besides all that going on, I had my relationship issues with his dad. And um, by the time, oh, sure, by the time he was two, I just, I had to get out for, for both our safety, to be dead, to be dead honest. And... Um, it was it was a challenging time. Uh, obviously, um, sort of being becoming a single mom, I knew it would be tough. But um, it, you know, you just you make it happen. You get through it. You, I've I've fortunately grown up with 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 a lot of spiritual background. Um, I've come from a from a Christian background, which actually did stand me in good stead. Um, I no longer classify myself as a Christian, more um, uh, spiritual, <laughs> so to speak. And mm -hmm. I've really grounded myself in the sense that I, I really strongly believe that every single challenge that comes our way, every bit of contrast that happens in our lives is for our benefit. And if we take that stance in life, um, we can just, we can climb so much higher and achieve so much more and just, just be happier in life, really, if we, if we believe that everything works out for us in our favor. Absolutely. So, Vanessa, I just wanted to quickly ask you, um, for the listeners out there that don't know what Costello syndrome is all about, what are some of the you know, tangible sort of symptoms that you have to face sure. and that Aiden has to face every day. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's extremely rare. He was only the second diagnosis in South Africa of um, four that we're aware of now. Um, he, feeding challenges, so they battle to suck. Um, out of my pure ignorance, um, we actually managed to escape having a G-tube or a feeding tube directly into his stomach. Um, a lot of people say it's, it's a lot easier. I don't know so much, but I'm quite thankful in the sense that I was ignorant because babies 
and toddlers need to be able to process and chew and learn how to maneuver their tongue in order to develop their speech. And because we kind of just pushed through out of ignorance and persevered, I mean, um, I, used, I used to cut a hole in his teat that uh, was probably about three quarters of a centimeter big so that he could drink his pureed food. And he did that literally till about the age of seven. Um, so feeding challenges were a big issue. Um, orthopedic issues, heart issues, sleep issues, um, development issues, everything is delayed. Um, fortunately, um, Aiden seems to be very bright. Um, he does have learning issues. Um, we've, he's been in, in, we've had to put him into a private uh, sort of special needs school. And um, the anxiety that our kids actually experience is through the roof. And at the beginning of this year, I actually decided, no, it's time to homeschool him. Not me, myself. <laughs> I love him too much for that. <laughs> and um, I was at the back of the queue when they handed out patience. So I'm still working on that, that one. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so we, we actually decided to, to get a tutor for him uh, who teaches him uh, two hours a day, Monday to Thursday. And I cannot tell you. The, the weight that's been lifted off my shoulders. Um, this, this woman is, I tell you, she's God's gift to Aiden. She really is. Um, he's, he's been learning how to read this year, even learning how to write, whereas before he was too petrified to make mistakes, you know? And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's been absolutely phenomenal, the, the change. And of course, not having to, to drive him to school every morning, where I'd, I'd get back at uh, sort of half past eight in the morning, needing a seriously stiff drink and a two-week holiday on, on an island. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, those are the issues. Um, oh, and of course, being so rare, uh, I was told that I would have to educate his doctors. And I don't know if you've dealt much with, with specialists and, yes, and doctors but they, a lot of them have big egos, so they do not like to be told, um, you know, what to do and how to do it with, with, with your child. Um, fortunately, we've been, we've been given um, good specialists. Um, they've, they've been phenomenal. Most of them have. And, um, yeah, I mean, oh, sure. One in particular was a, a, a Professor Graham Fegan in Cape Town. We, we went down to, to have an op on Aiden's spine to release a tethered cord. And his motto is, the parents know better. And it was just so wonderful speaking to a specialist like that who understands that we know our children. We do. And we see the, the nuances, the, the, the little you know, the little twitch in the face that, that everybody else will miss. Um, and it's so important to, to work with a team of, of professionals that are open to learning about um, rare, in, rare cases like Aiden's. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it could cause quite a lot of anxiety as a parent, you know, to now have to also deal with maybe a doctor having resistance to what you know is best, is, is best for your child. So that's just so that's, it, hey? Had, you know, specialists oh. who have been open to it, which is amazing. Absolutely. Well, the thing is, I've had to learn, learn to stand up to these doctors yeah. too, you know, because I've got certain education on his syndrome and then somebody will come along who's a professional in their, in their field of study and doesn't like to be told and will not listen to me. And I've literally had to force my way through. And a lot of people are, are, are taught to treat doctors like gods and they're not. They're fallible, just like you and me. They're just well-learned, yes, sure, but they can make mistakes. Mm. And um, it's, it's having the guts to actually stand up to these, 
um, very highly educated individuals. So um, yeah, that, that's been a big learning curve for me. <laughs> Melissa, tell us, um, over, over these years, what have you done or how have you coped to get yourself into the space that you're in now? Into the mindset look, I would say, and attitude that you've got now? Look, my spirituality is probably key. It really is. Um, uh, you know, you've, one thing you've got to learn with spirituality is that you'll never arrive. And over the years, I've learned that we are beautiful. We are wonderfully made. We are, we are perfect in, in everything that we are. And when we, mis when we make mistakes, fuck up. It's okay. We all do. You know, it, it, it's like a child learning how to walk. Um, you, you know, when they're a year old, if they stumble and fall, you're not going to say, oh, you silly idiot. You know, come on, you've got legs, use them. You know, you, 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 you clap and you, well done, well done. Oh, you're doing so well. And, you know, they, they, they gain their confidence that way by, um, by lifting them up, you know. Uh, and uh, you, you don't admonish someone's mistakes or, or where, you know, where they fall down. So why, why do we do it to ourselves so Absolutely. often? I think we beat ourselves up all the time and it's wrong. It's, uh, <laughs> we need to be um, more forgiving of ourselves and understand that we're doing the best that we possibly can with all the information that we have at hand and the energy that we have available to us. And um, if we just get that right, so much more will come into our space. And um, that's, that is one of the biggest lessons I've had to learn for myself in, in my spirituality. And I think um, trying to take time out, putting time aside every single morning before the, the hub of the day starts um, is important. I meditate, um, even if it's just 10 minutes, it's fine, 10 minutes. And uh, if I can't even meditate, I listen to a lot of, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Abraham Hicks, um, just to get your, your mind focused and, and in the right direction for the day. And if you set your mind up and, you're, and you get aligned first thing in the morning, those triggers that normally grate you up the wrong, the wrong way, they're not going to get at you as, as much as they, they typically would. And of course, as, as you go along, you know, months turn into years, turn into decades, and that spiritual practice becomes your, your solid foundation that you can draw on, on at any time. And oh, trust me, I still get triggered. I still do, <laughs> but um, I'm just so much calmer now, you know, and, and one thing that I have learned is that whatever you resist persists. Look at the war on drugs. Yeah. They resist, they're fighting, they're fighting the war, you know, the war on drugs, everyone's fighting and so many more people are addicted to drugs. You know, and it's it's uh, in places, uh, I think it's Holland, if I'm not mistaken, I can't remember the place exactly where I've read up, where they actually provide facilities for drug addicts to um, to use clean needles and clean clean equipment and everything. They find that their, um, their drug abuse stats are actually being lowered and they're treating these drug addicts as patients instead of criminals. Wow. So they're not resisting it. They're just embracing them and, and helping them overcome it. So just, yeah, just not to, to learn not to resist and fight things and just walk, walk and run with it, you know? Wow, that's amazing. So <laughs> the next thing I wanted to ask you is out of everything that's happened in your life over the past 10 years, what has been the biggest lesson or blessing? Like for me, as you were saying earlier, I, I have the same uh, philosophy as you do about yeah. 
everything is happening for our greatest good and yeah. we can use it to overcome and better ourselves or we could use it and go the other way and become a victim. Um, I also like to see the silver lining or the blessing in everything. And for me, a lesson and a blessing is exactly the same thing. I've actually yeah. seen online um, a little meme that's actually calls it a blessing. So it's blessing and lesson. Uh, clever. Um, clever. So what is, what for you has been the biggest uh, lesson or blessing that has come from <laughs> your journey um, with Aiden over the past, or oh, actually, I suppose your whole life, not just the past 10 years. Well, you know, obviously Aiden's been a big, a big thing. Um, but I, I, I'll tell you something. I, I've, uh, two and a half weeks ago, I think it was the 9th of September, I woke up on the floor next to my bed. Okay. Middle of the night. My tongue had been lacerated. And um, this is embarrassing, but I'd, I'd lost continence. And... Um, I, I woke up in an absolute daze, feeling terribly weak, and just uh, something said to me I, I just had a seizure. Um, and it it was shocking because Aiden was still sleeping, and we co-sleep at the moment still. Um, as we started co-sleeping at the age of three, why I waited so long, I don't know, <laughs> with all this 15 to 45 minutes. And I still check in the middle of the night that he's breathing because he had sleep apnea. But um, I woke up on the floor, like really battered and bruised. Uh, I, I had a, a huge bruise uh, just below my lip. I thought I'd knocked out a tooth, to be dead honest. And um, I, I tried to get Aiden to call my mom, but he was too groggy. So I literally crawled through to her because uh, she lives with us, thankfully. And I said to her, Mom, I think I've, I've had a seizure. So anyway, get all, you know, get into a new bed. Luckily, um, Aiden's room was made up and we went to sleep the rest of the night in, in there. The following morning, thankfully, I went to, I managed to get an appointment with, uh, with the neurologist and um, had an EEG done just before, beforehand. Well, it turns out that I've had undiagnosed epilepsy pretty much since my late teens, I think. So I think most people would think, good grief, this, you know, this poor chick, <laughs> oh my God, epilepsy is terrible and oh my word. Well, the funny thing is, is that he put me on, he was, first of all, he was absolutely shocked that I, I mean, I'm 43, so he was shocked that I've only been, you know, seen to now, never mind the fact that I've been telling doctors about my symptoms for years and they've never put two and two together and so anyway he put me on some epilepsy medication and I go for an MRI next month and I suppose just to check that I don't have anything on the brain like a tumor or whatever but given the fact that it's been here for that I've, I've experienced these sort of what I what I thought were petty mal seizures for uh, many many decades um, I, I don't think it's that but it's it's just to check and um, Trying this medication, I kid you not, all of a sudden, um, my energy's through the roof. Now, over the last 10 years, uh, I've slowly developed um, what I thought was adrenal fatigue. And adrenal fatigue so bad that I would, I would fall asleep at 7 o'clock if I could. I'd put Aiden in bed at 7 and go to sleep at, at 7 myself and wake up absolutely exhausted but i can get through till like maybe one o'clock two o'clock and then it lets me finish if you put me in the car if i'm driving 
Um, even if it's in the morning, come back at 11, forget it. I've got to get onto the bed and I've just got to relax and unwind for 45 minutes and then I can try and focus. And any work happening after 2 p.m., it didn't matter if my life depended on it. It was not happening. I just did not have the energy. I was just so physically and mentally drained. I just could not anymore. So going on to this epilepsy medication, crikey, Bronwyn, if I tell you, I feel like a jack-in-a-box. I've got energy till 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night. Um, I come home from being in the car for a few hours and it's been hot here in Joburg. So it's been like exhausting, what, what I would typically call exhausting. I don't go to my bed. Um, I go and have a, you know, quick walk around the garden and get stuff done. And um, somebody asks me to do something at nine o'clock at night. Yeah, no problem. Get it done. I'm battling to fall asleep by, by like 11. I need to, okay, Melissa, get to bed now. And um I'll tell you what, this, this seizure, I keep on telling everyone around me, it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me, ever. Uh, it's just woken me up to the fact that I've had this undiagnosed issue and I'm, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> it's actually just wonderfully exciting that I'm, uh, I don't have to go through like a year or two of treatment to try and you know, get my adrenals back and working and everything. And it's, it's been the most phenomenal, uh, what, what did you call it? Blessing. Yeah. <laughs> I've uh, I've had in in recent in recent times. Uh, I just I'm ecstatic to be dead honest. I'm just so excited that I that I've got this energy. It's it's phenomenal. That's so awesome. And I mean, usually when we get told there's a diagnosis, you know, it, it usually know. The, the first thing is, oh no, what now? Kind of thing. Yeah, and I know. And you know, I'm completely. Totally. I mean, I, I, I'm typically very anti, you know, chemical medication and all of that stuff. And um, everybody's saying, oh, shame, but now you're going to have to be on, on uh, these drugs for the rest of your life. And I'm like, hey, I'll take it with both hands. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's got its place. Hey? It's, it's definitely, oh, absolutely. It does save lives and it's got its place. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, as long as it's, it's, it's responsibly being, um, you know, given to you, then... Um, absolutely you know can help you and save you then absolutely no, so definitely i want to just get back to um aiden quickly um mm. because i can just imagine having a child with a, a rare disease that's that rare must be quite yeah. costly and i mean yeah. you've you've been going through this pretty much his whole life um yes. if you don't mind me asking what sort of costs do you have monthly you know just to keep Aiden going and what kind of medical treatment does he need every month okay well at the moment his costs are roughly on average about 35,000 now it's not 35,000 every single month this month might be um, 10 grand's worth of medical expenses and next month might be 60 grand but on average over a year it works out to roughly about 35,000 for his medical and related expenses and I say and related because um, I'll give you an example Aiden's metabolism because of Costello syndrome is insane um, most women would kill for it <laughs> because uh, he can eat he can eat uh, every hour and he's starving hungry I actually can't keep up and um, a lot of Costello kids are actually we suspect on the autistic spectrum as well so they tend to have autistic traits that uh, where they'll they'll do repetitive things 
and um, stick to, you know, repetitive foods and everything. And Aiden is, is very much like that. And um, I mean, I'll give you an example. He would only eat butter chicken from Woolworths. Now, Woolies is, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not, I'm a <laughs> you know, it's, uh, uh, all, the, all the darlings go and shop at Woolies, you know, <laughs> and so I had to go and buy uh, Aiden's butter chicken from Woolies, and I, I would need to buy about three or four, sometimes five a day for him, and now that's 70 wow. rand a meal. I thought my child ate a lot. <laughs> no. But, uh, and I tell you, it's it's absolutely, it's financially draining. And unfortunately, with Aiden, because of his eating challenges as well, um, as a mom, you kind of, it's it's like when, when, they, when they're babies and they won't eat, um, you'll give them chocolate if they'll eat, if they'll just eat. You'll just, you'll give them, even if it's, a, if it's something bad, it's okay. As long as they're eating, they're, they're getting something in their mouth, they're getting the juices flowing. And it's been the same with Aiden. So um, I've had to uh, pick my battles. Because um, being a single parent, and of course a parent to a special needs child, you do. If, if you don't pick your battles, you're actually going to dig your own grave. Mm -hmm. And um, so with, with Aiden, it was, it was literally, if I didn't feed him that butter chicken, or if I tried to sneak in a different one from, like, say, checkers, or if my mom or myself made butter chicken, and we tried to make it exactly, he would, he would know. And he'd just <laughs> refuse to eat it. And he would starve. Wow. And um, at the moment, um, I'm trying desperately to get him off his tablet as well because um, he's always on his—he's always been on his tablet, and he needs his tablet in order to eat. If he doesn't have his tablet, watching his tablet, he starves. And he's stick thin. He's—he's he's literally got skin on bone because of this metabolism issue. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that is just one expense. Um, a tutor, for example, um, I've. Uh, you know, I've, I run my business. I've, um, I can't take two or three hours out of my day each day to tutor him. Um, besides the, the, the emotionally draining um, escapade that would be, um, I don't have the skills. So um, his schooling was about 10 grand a month. And so with his tutor now, that's actually dropped a little bit. Um, just lots of related stuff. And um, just just having equipment available for him to be able to you know get his exercise in that he's capable of and uh, you know just just lots of of related issues and of course our scan is tummy every three months for um, abdominal tumors because he's very prone to cancer um, he has to have heart scans um, every nine months or so now a heart scan would typically cost about uh, four and a half to five grand, depending on where you go with, with a specialist. And so you typically want to have that covered by medical aid. And so in order to have that covered by medical aid, um, you want to be on the top plan. Um, so um, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. He's on growth hormone. His growth hormone costs about six grand a month. And um, if he's not, and it's not, it's not so that he can grow, it's so that his, his um, sugar um, is in balance. And um, yeah, so it's like a top medical plan with discovery, you're looking at about six and a half and uh, it's, it's just a lot of accumulated expense. So uh, you're looking at about an average of 35,000 Rand a month just for Aiden. Okay, so that's, I mean, as a single parent, it's, you know, there's already a lot of other expenses. So, I mean, I can imagine how the, the pressure must sometimes get to you, um, you know, to constantly have this extra money just for you know to look after him um yeah. 
so what do you do? Like, I know you've got, uh, you've got uh, the Raising Aiden. Um, if you could just give us a little bit of, an, uh, you know, the listeners out there, a little bit of information as to what that is, a, is about. Um, sure. which, is fund, which is helping you to fund his expenses, am I right? Sure, absolutely, yeah. Um, I've actually got a, a couple of businesses. It's the Raising Aiden one, which I'll go into. And then I've also launched a, a skincare line. And um, that's been fantastic. But um, with regards to Raising Aiden, uh, he was diagnosed at 18 months. And my mom just happened to be working on a microwave uh, cupcake uh, recipe or microwave cake recipe at the time. And um, she's a bomb in the kitchen. I'm useless. And... Um, you know, we, <laughs> as he was diagnosed, we were kind of finalizing this recipe and thinking, wow, we could market this as a business. And um, funny enough, it was dry paper, dry powder inside a pie packet. I kid you not. We bought pie packets, literally folded them, closed and stapled it together with, uh, with a, a recipe printed with a laser jet um, printer. And it was probably a couple of days after he had been diagnosed. We were still trying to digest everything. And um, I had some of these pie packets with our mix in my, in my car or in my handbag. I can't remember. And he had actually been put into plaster casts to um, try and lengthen his tendons. And we were in one of these, these plastic shops. And um, a woman walked up to us commenting on his plaster casts. And um, we got talking. And she found out he'd been diagnosed with uh, Costello syndrome just the, a few days before. And I said, yeah, well, we're going to start selling these, these, um, these microwave cakes. Well, she bought two there and then in the pie packets. I kid you not. <laughs> and that's how Raising Aiden got started. Mm -hmm. And... From there, um, all, of his, all of his therapists offered to, um, to stock them for us, which was great. And then from there, some other people got to know about it. And um, the people, the, the company that prints our labels, uh, Copyright in, in Bryanston, they still print our labels. Um, her name is Cherie. She actually contacted me and offered to print all of our labels for free. Oh, awesome. And I was just blown away, absolutely blown away. And she said she doesn't know why she feels the need to do it, but that was that was her her contribution to us funding Aiden. And um, I knew that day that we would never have to starve. I just I knew. Okay, if if I can sell microwave cake mix out of a pie packet that's stapled closed with a, a laser jet, <laughs> laser jet uh, recipe will be fine. <laughs> and of course it's evolved from there. And um, I no longer, I, I no longer accept free labels from her. <laughs> so um, I, I phoned her the one day I said, you're an absolute star, but I'm, I'm going to insist on paying now. And they, they still to this day give me like cost price. It's, it's insane. And it's just been wonderful how people have embraced it. And, you know, I'm, I find it very difficult to ask for favors. I always have. But I can sell. So um, I just find it so much more um, acceptable on my part to say, please support me. This helps my son. You know, I, I will provide you with a, a phenomenal product. And um, in return, 
um, your funding is actually helping me pay for my son's medical and related expenses. So that's how Raising Aiden got started. And um, you can contact me directly on my, on my cell phone, uh, via WhatsApp, or even on my website. Um, we're actually going to be revamping the website. Um, Cara Blue Digital has offered to do it uh, for us free of charge, which is fantastic. So we'll soon have a, a new shiny, uh, a fabulous website for you to order off, and that's um, www.raisingaden, it's spelled A-I-D-A-N, dot COSA. And uh, my cell phone number is 083 I'm sure um, you'll put it up available for people yeah, to... I'll put everything up afterwards for you. Magic. Yeah. Can you put and a Facebook then, page um, as well? Yes, uh, Raising Aiden, the Facebook page. And you'll see all his adventures that come up. We've got about 15,000 followers at the moment. And um, it's just amazing what um what people do because they see him experiencing you know life the way he does he's got so many challenges but aiden grabs life with both hands um he's got such an attitude about life everything's fabulous trust me he has his temper tantrums and his meltdowns and his his, his um as his do all of us <laughs> yes as do we all <laughs> but i tell you what aiden um, Aiden just enjoys life at every opportunity that he possibly can. And he's totally besotted with the emergency services. So the fire, the fire station, I mean, the, the guys at the fire station, the Santon fire station know him by name. Um, the, the ER, the, the emergency rooms, <laughs> they all just let us through <laughs> so, that they, <laughs> so that he can go and check out the ambulances. Um, all of those emergency, uh, the cops, I mean, it's insane. Uh, uh, some some people have have offered to take us on, you know, uh, Mustang run runs and you know all these exciting activities. And like uh, I'll never forget the one day we were in a Mustang, beautiful stunning car. Ferrari drives past us, and um, Aiden ignores the Ferrari and suddenly starts squealing, look, 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 and it was an AA vehicle. <laughs> So that was priceless. <laughs> and, I, have, um, I haven't, I haven't met him in person yet. Um, <laughs> but what I've seen on Facebook, he looks like such an amazing character and just so full of life and energy. Um, and then when I chatted to you, I also understood. I mean, you've got a huge influence in his life. So <laughs> very lucky to have a mom like you. Um, I think we're lucky to have each other. Put yeah, it that way. But, you know, I can imagine that that you know with with all of Aiden's challenges mm. it's helped you to well I don't know I, I'm talking for me I mean I I have a, a child that doesn't have special needs and mm. even just him in himself you know reminds me every day to have fun and not take life so seriously um, and also not to take anything for granted so I can imagine with Aiden every day must be like that for you Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I've, I've had to be very careful not to um, be the soft, the soft hearted mommy that just lets him get away with everything. Um, because nobody likes a brat. So I've had to find a balance with that. But his, his attitude about life is just phenomenal. It really, really is. He, um, you know, we, we just recently moved in uh, into one big house with uh, my sister and her husband and uh, my mom's with us. So we're, we're, we're like one big 
crazy happy family on the on the same property and uh, my sister bought one of these big trampolines well these kids so I, i've now got three kids instead of one <laughs> i've got two extra girls <laughs> in in the house now and um but all three of them in the morning it's it's insane it's it's like a madhouse you just hear these squeals you know as they all go rearing out the house onto the trampoline you know because there's fun to be had outside and um it's 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 just wonderful and then they're on their bikes and it's it's not the it's not the the normal rubber wheeled bikes it's those loud um plastic bikes that the these toddlers have and it's all three of them on the on the bricks and it's you I, I sometimes think our poor neighbors <laughs> <laughs> but it's a it's a wonderful happy um easy easy house and that's actually what i what i i strive to do is have a home that's full of ease and joy because our lives are actually meant to be easy they're meant to be the path of least resistance you're not meant to be striving you're not meant to be fighting you're not meant to be resisting and 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 you know trying to push that noodle up, you know, up a wall. It's, um, it's up a hill. It's, it's meant to be lived with joy and you're meant to feel abundant. You're meant to feel happy and satisfied and love, you know, and the more gratitude you have for life, the more you attract it because I'm a very, very strong believer in the law of attraction and like attracts like. And uh, if you're in a good space and a good good place of gratitude you're going to attract more of the same and if you're in a in a place of victimhood um and nothing's ever ever good or nothing's ever right in my life you're going to attract more of the same so uh, as much as people don't like to hear that when they're in that deep dark um ugly space in their lives and we all go through it even even when we consider ourselves spiritual gurus we still have that that deep dark place that we sometimes have to go through um it's just so important to 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 have that that gratitude for even just gratitude for the challenge okay thank you i'm, I'm learning lessons here um because that gratitude will improve your 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 experience and attract uh, uh, what I call a higher vibration, so that you um, start climbing up to a better space, if you if you get my meaning. No, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for joining me today. It's thank been you. amazing to chat to you. Um, <laughs> I, I, I will definitely make a point when I'm in Joburg again. Um, I have told you before to meet you and your son. Um, absolutely. Your energy is infectious, and. <laughs> You inspire me. So thank you so much for being here. And well, I really hope that I'm sure that our listeners out there will get some really good value, you know, from this discussion today. And well, thank you so much. Thank you so much again. And we will hopefully chat again soon. Wonderful. And Bronwyn, I have to just say, I mean, your posts are so inspiring and enlightening and everything. It's, uh, it's such an honor to have someone like you, you know, say that. And I really appreciate it. <laughs> Oh, awesome. But yeah, give big hugs to your boy and um, hopefully we will see Thanks, you. Thanks, Quinn. Thank you so much.